Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. It is time to grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back and relax so we can talk about what is happening in the stars above us. And I can't believe it. Here we are on the, as Pam Zaruba put it, the Eve, Eve, Eve of Christmas. <laughs> I love that. And I can't believe it. It's like, where did the year go, right? So we are uh, going to be talking a lot today about the things that are coming up for next week. Since Christmas will fall on Monday, I won't be with you Monday morning to talk about the full moon, for example. And literally all week long next week, there are transits that are occurring or aspecting planets that you'll want to know about. And I don't know that we'll get to all of them today because of the things that are happening today and tomorrow and uh, that and Sunday that we want to know about. And I want to make sure we talk about the full moon because I won't see you until Wednesday, the 27th. But that will be for Tam and I to talk about January and what to expect for the month of January. So literally, I won't be back here in uh, my show until Friday. So we'll want to talk about some of these things now. Uh, good morning to all of you who are checking in with me this morning. I see Pam Zaruba and Tom, and he says, happy solstice, bring on the light. I love that. And Nancy Ross, good morning to you. And today, like I said, we have quite a bit to talk about. I have literally three charts in front of me, one, the winter solstice, which occurred yesterday, and the um, day chart, today's chart, and then the chart for the full moon, which is the a day after Christmas on Tuesday, December 26th. And uh, I'll be switching between the charts. But as always, let's start with where we are today. And today we have the moon transiting through Taurus today and all of tomorrow. And then early Sunday morning transiting out of Taurus and into Gemini, which is interesting because that's the sign the moon will be in during Christmas Eve festivities, during Christmas Day and partly of Boxing Day for those of you in other countries that celebrate Boxing Day. And to me, that's a great placement for the moon when you're um, celebrating and when you're having family over. Uh, but let's talk first about where the moon is today. Today, the moon is at Taurus. And that is a sign that represents, of course, the moon, our emotions, our feelings, our intuition. And when we're talking about Taurus, we're talking about stability, sensuality, practicality, uh, the lovely atmosphere that we find ourselves in. So we do have, when any planets in Taurus, actually, we have Venus as the ruler of Taurus. So we have a Venus connection now with the moon, that means. And that could be that the emphasis of the day and tomorrow is on sensuality and comfort. It is a sign that loves those things that feel good, smell good, taste good. And um, they're very, it's a time where we can be very sensitive to the environment and especially the relative comfort of the environment that we find ourselves in. Uh, this is a sign that appreciates uh, the good things in life, indulgences and comfort things. So during the, man, the, the moon's transit through Taurus, then we have an increased emphasis on those things, experiences that bring us pleasure and the pursuit of physical comfort, as well as an essence of stability and grounding. So the moon here 
reminding us that our emotional well-being comes while we are feeling comfortable or when we are feeling stable or secure. There's this period of time when our emotional energies um, get triggered if there's a feeling of insecurity or if we don't feel like we have the ground beneath our feet. And of course, because Taurus is ruled by Venus, the planet of beauty and harmony, love, peace, uh, we have an appreciation for beauty that comes up with Taurus. And that might mean the aesthetics of your home, decorating, um, uh, packaging up Christmas presents and, you know, putting those last finishing, finishing touches on them, the, the bows and the sprinkles and things like that. Um, we may have more of an appreciation for art and beauty during this transit of the moon in Taurus. And we also have this down-home, uh, pragmatic and practical expression of the moon. So that down-to-earth manner is really what permeates the energy. So uh, people can seek uh, tangible efforts, you know, things that they really want to feel the comfort, the affection that we uh, might experience with those of uh, the, our family members or our friends or the people that are closest to us. The moon in Taurus also brings us the uh, desire for financial security. It is a sign of banking, of the economy, of our uh, dollars and our checking accounts and how we earn money. And of course, a lot of that is based on our value right? The value we place upon ourselves, but the value of our skills in the marketplace as well. So Taurus being associated with material stability and security sees that money or having things, possessions is a mark of stability or that foundation. And of course, there's also the practical aspect of all of that if it's worth it. Uh, if it makes sense, if it brings comfort, then Taurus will add it to its personal reserves, right, or its personal resources. Rarely do we, uh, unless there's a, a, con a conjunction or some other kind of connection to Jupiter, rarely with the moon and Taurus will we get all frivolous with our money. We become much more practical in the way that we express things. Now, the moon in Taurus can also expose to us the places where we are resistant to change. It is a sign that likes to stay the course. It's a fixed sign. And in astrology, fixed means stubborn, perhaps, or solid, perhaps, staying the course, perseverant, determined, those types of words. So we may have a tendency to want to stay in our comfort zones when the moon is in Taurus and not really go outside of that comfort zone. And in fact, um, seeking comfort in our daily routines and so forth might also feed into a reluctance for us to go into any kind of change, right? And so for some people, the weekend can be disruptive because our routines are not the same on a weekend preceding a major holiday, right? We have maybe some cooking to do, we have some shopping to finish, then we have wrapping to do. And so some of the things that we would normally expect of a weekend can't be done because we're doing something else. Now, of course, Taurus also enjoys food and drinks and all of the fun, delightful flavors that we can, that, that 
um, heighten our sense and our appreciation for the food that we eat. So we do have to watch a bit that we don't over imbibe in anything during the weekend, uh, at least through uh, early Sunday morning. And establishing that sense of emotional routine or security is very important while the moon is moving through Taurus. Now, luckily, I mean, some people might think this is awesome, others might not, but luckily on Sunday morning and then all through Monday, Christmas Day, and into early day after Christmas, we have the moon in Gemini. And that changes up the energy dramatically as Gemini is a sign of communication. It is the feelings of the moon, the intuition, the subconscious, the emotional energy of uh, the moon may ma matched up with um, um, very mercurial Gemini energy with communication and curiosity and versatility and flexibility all being added to uh, the pot, as it were. So we can expect during this period of time over the holiday weekend, the, the late weekend and into the early week, increased mental activity, more thinking, more talking, um, more sharing of ideas and information, um, more desire for that mental stimulation, which is, you know, one of the things that might be our bringing up um, various topics. So we have to be a little bit careful about what we talk about, but we are definitely more conversational during the moon's transit through Gemini. So communication and socialization, right? We're going to be with family and maybe friends or, you know, people that maybe we don't see very often. And so we can have some more social interactions going on in these first few days of the, the week. And that might be our being chatty, sharing of ideas, that type of thing. Um, we feel more eager to connect with people when the moon is moving through Gemini. And it is a versatile, adaptable, flexible sign. That's a good thing because sometimes the unexpected happens in the holidays, right? The food that you thought was going to be done in time for dinner is late. Uh, something doesn't taste the way you thought it would taste. Somebody pops in that you didn't expect all things that the moon and Gemini can handle quite deftly and not be totally disturbed by that. So restlessness and curiosity are also a part of the experience here. The restlessness, the scattered feeling sometimes with a lot of thoughts and a lot of ideas and a lot of talking um, uh, present in our gatherings, there can be this feeling of becoming scattered or overwhelmed by it all. So, and some people that might mean that you must take a break from all of that, go outside for a bit, or, you know, take a drive and then come back to the cacophony of voices that you're hearing out there in your uh, world. The moon in Gemini is a time for playfulness and for lightness, for not being totally serious about things. It's a very lighthearted energy, and that can bring about more casual interactions with the people that um, you are interacting with. Um, more casual meaning we're not going to get into serious political discussions. We're not going to get into big philosophical discussions because it won't be supported, 
right? It'll be more of the light and breezy things that we want to be working with on that day. Multitasking and variety, of course, also go along with that Gemini energy and expressing emotion through words. Gemini is a sign of the wordsmith and being able to express your feelings, your affection for others, and that type of, of, of lovely communication between people is also um, one of the experiences of the moon in Gemini. Uh, learning and mental stimulation as well. Uh, not in the holidays, though, right? We, you know, put all the things that you need to learn on the back burner instead of, you know, learning something, maybe learn something about the people that you're with. Maybe in a conversation, you can explore or be curious about what they're up to, what they're doing, uh, who they are, those types of conversations versus the, you know, let's learn about how to do astrology. <laughs> Although I always enjoy those conversations, as you might be able to tell. Uh, okay, so observing your emotional responses during this time. Um, feeling your way into these interactions with people. Sometimes the moon in Gemini can also stimulate our, or sort of show us where we are hesitant to uh, become involved with other people. Like it may stimulate our social awkwardness even, uh, because now there's these, you know, big groups of people and we don't know what to say, right? Geminis aren't usually lost on words. Um, but some people may find all that mental stimulation and all that need for conversation to be a little bit more difficult. So have mercy on those who are not that talkative, that are, are more shy or more reserved, and maybe, you know, try to instill a one-on-one -on -one conversation with them on a subject that might be of interest to them. So a great time to um, learn your uh, social skills or to observe social skills. All right. So let's take a look at comments. People are saying uh, the day after Christmas, it's called Boxing Day. I think I did call it Boxing Day, Tom. And less, even though I have no idea what that kind of means, but that's okay. Uh, Leslie, good morning to you. She says, Grand Rising from Colorado. Debbie Tibbetts, two meal. That's so funny. I keep dreaming that my Christmas meal, the meat, will be overcooked. <laughs> Let somebody else cook maybe. Uh, in reality, one spiked eggnog or shot and no one will care, especially me. I love it. Good morning, Christine Buckingham. It's good to see you. Uh, it's good to have all of you with us. Um, I am now going to post control V. Yes. Um, there are still a few days left in order for you to purchase the Astrology of 2024 webinar that will be held on Thursday, the 28th at 12 noon p.m. Pacific time, 3 p.m. East Coast time, and I think it's 8 p.m. Uh, UTC time. And you do not need to be present for the live broadcast. You will receive the uh, recording to it as long as you have purchased a ticket to the webinar. And as well, you can get your yearly astrology report and all of that will be um, sent to everyone who registers after the webinar is over. So that um, is able to be purchased up until the morning of the 28th. And there's still room. I set it at 50 and I think we have maybe oh, 10 places left. So we can add some more people to the mix and the fun. And let me tell you a little bit, uh, I am 
bowled over by the magnitude of what 2024 is bringing to us. And I don't think it matters if you're, you know, in doing big things or doing little things in your life. This year is going to be pivotal. That's one of the theme words that I chose, pivotal, uh, in what comes next. So it is a year for us to really pay attention. If you don't normally pay attention to the astrology of a time period or of the upcoming year, this is a time to do it right this year because things are getting real. <laughs> it's getting real. One of the things, and I think all of you can appreciate this, uh, one of the things that I've been watching closely, and I think we see it um, building everywhere around the world, uh, but especially here in the U.S., is this concept of a civil war. Now, some people, and I, I'm not going to get into the politics of all of this, but imagine my surprise yesterday as I was working, and it's this Jupiter-Uranus conjunction that's coming up that you know, could be the trigger or the catalyst for some very revolutionary energies that could start the whole blooming thing. But imagine my surprise when I discovered that on April 26th of 2024, a movie is coming out called Civil War. And it's based here in the U.S. And it starts or it sounds like it is happening because 19 states of the Union want to secede like the elements of the real civil war the in 1865 repeating itself right or in the 1860s so it to me it's important for us all because not because it's a foregone conclusion that that will be happening or that we should be worried or scared about that happening but that because we each have the responsibility to keep ourselves clean and clear to keep ourselves aligned with our highest spiritual selves um, in order to add this element of peace and, and love and equanimity to the uh, vibe so that we can avoid the worst repercussions of some of these aspects that are happening in 2024. So that's just a little preview of um, what that is all about. It scared me to death. But I also realize that we each have the choice, right? We can choose our reality. And that's not to say that we can all um, stop the creation of civil unrest and things like that. But we can all, we can't control others, but we can keep ourselves in a higher frequency so that we're putting out that vibration as well. And that can help to smooth things over in some way, right? It allows other people to uh, also pick up that vibration. So that's one of the key things for 2024 is what is your vibration? What frequency are you operating at? So, all right. When Janet says pivotal, that means get off the fence. The pickets will hurt. Right. That's a good one, Tom. I like that. Okay. Now, one of the biggest um, events that is happening uh, today, the 22nd, is that Mercury in retrograde is moving backward into the sign of Sagittarius. But um, that doesn't happen until after Mercury and the Sun form a conjunction in Capricorn. 
right? Because that's where Mercury is. That is where the sun is newly, because that's what the definition of the solstice is, is that the sun is moved into Capricorn. So the actual conjunction of Mercury and of the sun will occur in Capricorn, and then Mercury retrogrades later in the evening backward into Sagittarius. So we have a very momentous energy happening at about one degree of Capricorn. So I wanted to talk about that because Mercury, when this is an inferior conjunction, and that means that Mercury is closest to the Earth at this point in time, right? That means that there's the Sun and here's the Earth and Mercury is in between it, but closer to the Earth where a superior conjunction happens when Mercury is on the other side of the sun. So in that case, it goes Mercury, sun, earth. In this case, the inferior conjunction goes sun, Mercury, earth. So we have a very close connection to Mercury at this point in time. And the inferior conjunction part of the cycle of Mercury is like the new moon, right? It's a new beginning. It is really where Mercury begins his cycle kind of weird, huh? To begin a cycle in an, a retrograde, but that's what happens because Mercury is closest to the earth at that point in time. This is when he is what we would say waxing, right? The new moon is beginning to wax toward the full moon. This is when Mercury is waxing to his fullest connection to the sun, but right at this moment, he's closest to the earth. And uh, in about five days after this, Mercury will become visible in the evening sky. So we'll begin to see Mercury low to the horizon, of course. Um, sometimes we don't get to see that here because of all the trees. But if I go out to the water, I have a clearer view of the horizon and I can see Mercury. So there is something about a seed being planted right now, today, tomorrow, and the next day in Capricorn energy. And that's kind of like the new moon, what new seed is being planted, and it's planted mid retrograde, always. And that gives us this time, this space to consider, well, what are we going to do with this idea, let's say? Um, what, what steps will we take to bring it into its fullest potential? And yet it's not necessarily the time to actually take those steps yet, right? It's definitely not the time to really, you know, splash something out there in a big way. But it is a really good time to pay attention to what's being seeded right now. It's Capricorn seeding. So that means that it has to have goals attached to it or some kind of structure attached to it. The structure doesn't just magically happen today with the idea seating, but will gain traction and gain its legs with time as we consider, as we evaluate or reevaluate what it is that idea might be. It holds promise. It holds potential. The promise and the potential of the sun conjunct Mercury here in Capricorn. And literally at this point, we're in the dark, right? The new moon is the dark of the moon. We don't know. We don't know what that idea is going to look like. We don't know exactly what we might do with it. Um, but we sense it. We sense that there is something new brewing, right? Something new. And then what our job is then during the conjunction and 
afterwards for a time is to prepare space in our lives, in our work, in our homes, in our personalities for what comes next, right? And this is a time of fertilizing, if you will, for the growth, right? If we were going to plant a garden, this would be the seed that we've put in the soil and we've put some fertilizer, or we've put some mulch, or we've put some, you know, good water on top of the seed in preparation for what it will bear as time goes on. So it's pretty important. It's an important time. And I think it's even more important to tune in to what that means for you. And in your own personal charts, then you're going to want to look to the house that is Capricorn. Right, that is going to be where the area of life where this conjunction takes place and where the seed being planted has the potential to pay off later. So, for example, in my own chart, um, Capricorn falls in the seventh house. So, relationships, partnerships. And it's funny because that's been on my mind uh, for the last couple of weeks, actually. Uh, I think probably since Mercury actually moved into Capricorn, uh, what, how do I partner with others to do what I do? I don't know what that looks like. I have no idea, but it's seated and I can maybe do some thinking, some contemplation to see how that might work out. So the house that it's in is the house that it will impact. So a first house, for example, your personality, how do I want to change? Uh, in the second house, it might be about your finances and on and on around the wheel. So find Capricorn in your chart. And that will be where this seed is being planted for you. Okay. Now, um, there can also be some themes around that conjunction. Remember, it's Mercury. So we're talking about communication. That This will be a time for reviewing and reflecting on the goals that lie ahead of us, or even, you know, just jotting down a few ideas or notes about what it is that you might want to focus on. It's a time to kind of reassess um, what your goals have been and to uh, redefine your objectives for the upcoming year. But again, you're not taking action, right? You're kind of thinking about. Um, this is practical thinking and planning but it does not have to be in a very structured um, format, right? Get your little diary out or your little journal and just make some keynotes for yourself. You, there's plenty of time between now and the beginning weeks of January before you actually have to be ready to take the new steps, right? Remember, Mercury is turning direct on January 1st and will be in the retrograde shadow for another couple of weeks after that. So we're looking at mid-January when actually we want to begin to take the steps on those ideas, right? So review, revisit, reevaluate, right? Reconsider, revisit, all those kinds of words are important for this expression. Um, okay, now, later, after the conjunction, we'll have Mercury retrograding back into Sagittarius. And he's going to move backwards to the 22nd degree of Sagittarius. So you can look at 29 to 22. That will be the space that Mercury will occupy for the rest of the retrograde. 
And this is a time where we may feel kind of confused, right? We're moving backward from one energy that seems clearly defined and has structure and has form backward into a sign that loves and craves freedom and is restless, seeking adventure, and wants to let go of all of those stringent structures and forms. So don't be surprised, right? If you know you have this great idea that seeds early today, and then later tonight, and even into tomorrow, everything goes out the window with that, because now you don't know how to pull it off. You don't know if that fits with what you're really feeling. And don't worry about that right? Don't worry about that, right? This is a holiday weekend we're going into. Focus on that instead. Let the ideas kind of seed themselves. And, um, you know, you can make, there's plenty of time, as I said, for you to bring those goals into being. So remember, Mercury in Sagittarius is known for optimism and for adventure, philosophical, right? And those kinds of pursuits, but it's also known for blunt communication. And careless, sometimes tactless communication. So when it's retrograde, the traits are magnified, right? So we want to be very careful that we don't cause misunderstandings between ourselves and other people by spurting out words that we didn't mean to say, right? Be, be pretty uh, circumspectful of what it is that you're saying. Um we, the last thing we want to do is ruin relationships right now, right? So be careful what you say. Words have meaning. Words have power. They can hurt or they can make people feel good, right? So use the right words. So here are some tips to help you navigate this transition. One is to be open-minded and flexible, right? Just because somebody says something that doesn't like quite meet your agreement, doesn't mean that you have to say, yeah, I disagree with you. And here's why you're dumb, right? Or your, your idea is misguided. You don't want to say that. <laughs> you absolutely do not want to say it that way. But, you know, a conversation could be started around it, but we want to be open-minded. We don't want to get shut down and, and think that our way is the only way. Our mind is the only mind, right? That isn't going to be a good plan. Be honest and be respectful of one another. Big deal. That is a big deal for this time. Okay. And as well, be positive and hopeful, right? I'm looking ahead at this year going, wow, there's so much, but there's also so much to be hopeful about, right? I think for once we could actually be the artiste, the, the creator of the future. And I am excited by that. I'm optimistic about the future, right? So those are ways in for us to be able to um, work through that change of Mercury and Capricorn moving back into Sagittarius. All right. Questions. Good morning, Jolie. It's good to see you. JLo, good to have you with us. Jolie is in Colorado. Someone else is in Colorado that joined us. Leslie, I believe it is. Uh, Colorado in the house. I love it. Um, and if all of you have any questions, you can go ahead and type those in. I did put the link, I believe, in uh, here. I'm going to show it on Facebook. There is the link for you to, if you have not yet done it, to 
purchase the webinar. It's $25. You do not have to be there live because if you purchase it, you get a recording and all of the materials that go along with it. So there. Um, I'm not sure what you mean by that, Tom. It's a Brazilian moon? Uh, I don't know. I have no idea what you're talking about. So let's talk about the full moon, shall we? <clears throat> so I want to talk about the full moon because I won't see you before that moon. So I know it's ahead of time. It's not until the 26th, uh, Boxing Day in Canada, it says on my calendar. Uh, so the full moon, of course, is always the time that we bring things into fullness. It is a time of a very bright light that will sometimes also reveal something to us, something that we've been missing, something that uh, we forgot, right? Or something that uh, can help us in our path or on our path to uh, create the intention that we might have started with the new moon, right? So the the new, the full moon is also a, a kind of new beginning, but at the time that the lights are on, rather than when we're in the darkness, right? The new moon puts us in the dark, the full moon brings the full light, and we can often see during the full moon what's not right, what changes need to be made, and that is something maybe we didn't see at the new moon. So it can be a time of completion, of culmination, bringing all the parts together so that we can complete something. It can also be a time of that epiphany with that light bulb moment going off that helps us to see something clearly. And it can also be a time of very powerful psychic awareness, um, intuitive awareness, right? Where we're more inclined to see from within as easy as we can see from outside. So we get that. So that gives you an idea of what the full moon does. Now, the full moon happens, of course, when the sun and the moon are in an opposition to one another, right? So we'll have the sun in Capricorn, and we're going to have the moon in Cancer. So we have the moon very powerful there because that's her own domicile. That's her home base, right? Cancer is the sign that the moon does best in. It's her home, right? Her home. So when the full moon is in the sign of, of Cancer with the, with the sun over there in Capricorn, we have this dynamic tension, this opposition between home, family, and traditions, the, the Cancer area of our charts, versus the structure, the responsibility, the career focus of Capricorn on the opposite side. So you can almost tell then that what we have is an opportunity to do a balancing act between those parts of our lives, the work uh, authority, authenticity, our worldly self versus our home, family, emotional lives that are uh, based in home. So that is something for us to be aware of wherever the Cancer Capricorn axis is in your own personal chart. That is where the light bulbs can come on, right? The light bulb um, epiphanies, aha moments, that type of thing. But there are some key aspects of this energy to be aware of. First of all, there's emotional intensity here, moodiness, I think I want to call it. Because of the moon's rulership of cancer, 
Cancer is also known as the sign of emotional depth, of emotional sensitivity. And during the full moon, our emotions are heightened, right? The full moon puts a lot of um, pressure in the water, the water part of ourselves, which makes up about, I don't know, 75% of the human body. So we are also affected by the tidal forces of emotion in this case. So these emotions can come up to the surface. It is a time where we may be more easily crying over things or angry over things or upset. And five minutes later, that changes and now we're happy again, right? So emotions are heightened. We just got to know that. And when these emotions come to the surface, sometimes we find ourselves more attuned to what we need emotionally, but also what others need emotionally. So that sensitivity, it's, uh, it's intuitive. It's, it can be psychic awareness that is also heightened during the full moon in Cancer. Now, it's a time for us to nurture ourselves and others, but also nurture our home life, right? It's traditionally associated with home and family, and this encourages us to focus then on our relationships with our family, our mothers. This is the feminine aspect, so a lot of the feminine energies around our sisters, our our um, aunts, our mothers, grandmothers, that type of thing. And it's a time for us to create more emotional security within those relationships. So it's a time to find balance, again, in that respect between home life and your work life. And of course, you know, Capricorn, where the sun is, is really about focusing more on work and our authority, our integrity, living from our authenticity. And is more associated with long-term goals. But in this case, cancer, uh, the cancer moon prompts us to consider how to balance our external obligations, the things that we have to do because it's our work, uh, with the things that we must do as well, but from the position of home, right? Home and family. And it's interesting because in this world, often what happens in the work world now is that it could become very difficult for us to balance work and home, right? We have a corporate world that is very much about production, about time, and about how much can you produce while you're at work. So when home intervenes, someone gets sick, or something at home needs taken care of, it's very difficult for the workplace to understand your need to be at home. What I'm noticing, though, more and more, is that the workplace, and maybe this happened because of COVID, I'm not sure, that the workplace uh, is becoming more sensitive to home and family needs, right? Building in the time for us. Now, I don't know that that's ubiquitous. I don't know if that's everywhere that this is happening, uh, but it's certainly happening here in Washington, right? Certain, certainly something that employers here have become more sensitive to. Not all, for sure, but a lot have. So that's uh, an opportunity that we have when uh, the moon is moving through this sign. It's a time for releasing and letting go. Let go of the resentments. Let go of the hurts. Let go of the way that you think things should have gone, right? Let it go. This is culmination and completion. So forgive, 
right? Release, let go of the baggage, let go of old patterns, let go of all of those things that you've been holding on so tightly to for fear of loss or for fear of, I don't know who I am if I let go of this, right? <sighs> Release and let go. Now, cancer is also interestingly a sign of nostalgia and reflection. It's naturally reflective, right? The Like if you go outside at night with a full moon, you actually can see your reflection. Well, that reflection here might be associated again with family and home, your place within your family. And it could be an opportune time for self-reflection, right? Understanding how past experiences are affecting your now and how they've shaped your emotional landscape, right? Did you grow up in an emotionally reactive family? And so your tendency is to be emotionally reactive. Did you grow up in a family that was aloof and didn't um, express emotion? Because that's also impacting you as a person now. So reflection. And reflecting here is all about seeing some truths, your truths. Um, this is also a time of the feminine energies. Cancer is a feminine sign and it is associated with feminine intuition, uh, receptivity, openness, right? Uh, and then creating a safe space. Cancer is another sign, kind of like Taurus. They are sextile to one another that appreciates safety and security, a uh, 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 well-worn foundation, right? Something that you can go out in the world and live your life fully, but you have home base to come back to, right? So that's basically our full moon in Cancer. But I also like the idea of looking at the full moon in Cancer through human design, because the full moon in Cancer will be at the gate 52, which is uh, also known as the gate of stillness. And interesting because it's related to, um, the, the full moon is in this case, uh, time for rest and contemplation and inner stillness, right? Coming to that inner quiet. And that means it's time, according to this gate, uh, for us to be in that contemplation, in that consideration of what is going on within us to gain a more accurate sort of read on what am I feeling? I can't get that by, you know, always being engaged in the outer world. I need to come to a point of stillness, quiet, rest, peace, okay? And this is meditation and quietude, right? So it's a great time to meditate. Now, we don't have to meditate for hours, right? Even a five-minute meditation can help restore you to peace, when your day has gotten crazy, right? Um, finding solace in the stillness. It suggests that there may be a call to explore meditation practices more fully um, or way, other ways in which you personally can come to a sense of inner peace and that stillness. Patience is another energy that is a part of this experience. Um, there, the in the I Ching, the hexagram for this gate 52 is that of mountain, and it kind of symbolizes patience and stability, right? Agelessness and timelessness, and it 
suggest that maybe that we can bring up some wisdom regarding timing and having patience to wait for um, the things that it is that we want to do. If the timing is wrong and we force or push ourselves, we get ourselves outside of the natural order, the natural timing. So that 52 is uh, allowing, we are learning to allow things to unfold in their own time, not pushing, right? Not forcing. It is a time for retreat and recharge, right? Maybe turn off the phone, turn off the videos, right? Retreat from the busyness of life. Enjoy um, the favorable time of rest. Now, I'm talking to you about this right now in the context of the full moon, but it is also the earth in the whole week of December 26th through the 30th. So it's not just one day, one and done, full moon, see it later by. It is the energy of the earth as well from December 26th through the 30th. So you have ample opportunities to come to stillness, to come into that contemplative moment, recharging yourself through calm and peace rather than engaging in the crazy wild world of energies, right? Um, this is a time to understand the power of inaction, inaction, not action, but inaction, right? Where we're waiting. We are um, embracing the stillness because it isn't yet clear what direction we must go in. The timing isn't right, right? We could say Mercury is still in retrograde. It's really not time to bust all out there. Uh, we could say that it's still, Mercury still retrograde, so it's a time for reflection anyway, and for revisiting things, for reevaluating things. So next week is a very good week then for us to remember the stillness, right? The value of waiting, the value of patience. Okay. Any questions about any of that? Oh my goodness, there's a whole lot of them. Uh, fifth house is where Tom must be having his uh, full moon. Um, good morning, Terry's at work today. Uh, Jolie says happy holidays to everyone and Merry Christmas. Um, oh my God, Tom. <laughs> Waxing moon is a Brazilian moon. That is too funny. It's funnier when I have to explain it. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, JLo says, I have cancer in the second house. So maybe contemplating and uh, being sensitive to your own value and self-worth, um, helping others to see their value and self-worth. And it can also have a financial impact uh, because cancer on the second house would value stability financially, right? Having the nest egg, having that um, extra in case of a rainy day kind of thing. And Tom says, I have cancer on the 11th house. So for Tom, it's about um, groups or friendships, networks, but it's also about your hopes and your dreams, right? What might be shining a light on what it is that you truly want for the next time period ahead of you. And Pam, thank you very much for that reminder. If uh, you are all enjoying the video today, please hit the thumbs up button. If you are on YouTube, if you are on Facebook, hit the like button and then feel free to share uh, the video with others in your networks. 
Uh, JLo also says, I have Saturn there. And also he likes the beach, I guess. <laughs> he likes the crabs on the beach. <laughs> um, it's kind of an interesting concept, though, don't you think? Because Saturn just seems so taciturn and so stern, but he's sitting there in your chart in very emotional cancer. So learning how to <sighs> rein in your emotions, JLo, but not to the not at the expense of expressing emotion right? Knowing when to express emotion and when not to express emotion, maybe when to hold your peace and when to express what you have to say. Big lessons there, perhaps. Uh, good morning, Pauline. Hi, late may be due a card for the group. Well, guess what? On uh, what, what is the day today? Friday. So on Monday, somebody asked me if I had a Christmas deck of cards. And guess what showed up in my mail? A la a friend who sent me a Christmas present was a card deck called the Yuletide Tarot. So I'm going to use this one this morning. And then another good friend gave me a Christmas present of a card deck called Star Codes Astro Oracle. So these are two decks that we are going to use this morning for our readings. Okay, so now quickly, um, there's, it's not quick, it's already almost nine. Yeah. Um, all week. All the way up through the 27th, 28th of the month, we have every day a new set of transits or aspecting planets that are coming up. And uh, for the 24th, it is the sun in a sextile to Saturn. I'm just going to give you quick keywords so that I can do card readings. The sun in Capricorn and Saturn, in this case, in Pisces, a sextile. They work well together. It's a harmonious aspect that can bring stability and discipline and realism to your dreams, goals, and aspirations. Woohoo! right? So being able to be more pragmatic, perhaps, about what things that you want to put in play, uh, being more down to earth and all of that. Uh, on the 25th, Christmas Day, we have the most beautiful Venus trine Neptune, uh, Venus in Scorpio, and of course, Pisces being the sign where Neptune is. And it brings deep emotional and spiritual transformation to us all. Um, it is enhancing our intuition. It is um, connecting with others on a soul level. Woohoo, right? On Christmas Day, I'll take it. The next day, the 26th, we have Mercury squaring Neptune. So now we have Mercury and Sagittarius in retrograde squaring that Neptune and Pisces that Venus just trined the day before. Um, it's a challenging aspect in some ways because we it can create confusion in the mind. Mercury rules the mind and the mind is turned backwards anyway or inward, if you will. So it can bring up some confusion and it is probably not going to be a good day to make big decisions. Just not. So don't try. But it could also be a good day for us to seek guidance from others, you know, to reach out and ask for guidance or for help or for opinion or for somebody else's intuition about something. The 27th, the sun trines Jupiter and Mercury conjuncts Mars. That is a day that is both optimistic and there's confidence and generosity implied here. But we also can feel more um, ambitious and motivated, which bumps us up against 
the energy of the week, which is about bringing things to stillness, being patient, not pushing, right? So it's going to be kind of this, you know, screechy energy uh, happening on the 27th. And then on the 28th, we have Mars in a square to Neptune, Venus in a sextile to Pluto. There's this energy that pops up now with Mars wanting to take action. And then the dreamy and imaginative energies of Neptune here. So there is um, kind of this tension, if you will, between the two, right, where we want to go, but we also need to get more clarity about what it is that we want to do. And Mars squaring Neptune can bring conflict between action and illusion, right? The action on the pragmatic, practical, and the need for us to dream the dream a little bit more to get get some more details about the dream. So we may struggle with boundaries that day. We may have the potential for being misdirected, like thinking that we need to go in XYZ direction and then realizing too late, as it were, that that would be the wrong direction. And then the sextile between Venus and, and Scorpio and Pluto and Capricorn is empowering to our relationships. So it's kind of our ability to transform our relationships, to bring more emotional intimacy, perhaps, um, to attract um, or to align perhaps with more of our own power and our own authority within a relationship, not giving ourselves away as it were. Um, creative expression also enhanced for that day or that period of time. And as well, financial empowerment because Venus brings money, right? It's about money and finances. Okay. Yeah, Pauline asked me about the Christmas deck. Yep. And then one popped in my mail on Wednesday, I think it was. So let's do a card reading for us for the ending of the season uh, or for the Christmas season, the ending of the week, the full moon. And again, look at this beautiful book, Midwinter. And it is a guide to the Yuletide Tarot. And the cards are absolutely gorgeous. Here we have a wreath on the back and holly. And the cards themselves have these beautiful that is that upside down? Yes, it is. Have these beautiful pictures. This is the devil in the regular deck, but called the Krampus in this deck. So I love it. So let's first pull a tarot card to act as a guide. Uh, yes, I did, Polly. And uh, that was at the beginning. I don't know if you were there, but you can always re-listen. All right. So let's pull a card for us. For, oh, that one wants to come. It is the Four of Candles, and here is what the card looks like. Family dinner, sitting around for Christmas or perhaps Thanksgiving. We don't know which, but it's the Four of Candles. I think that's a great card for us to tap into. Uh, I have to figure out how this book works, the Fours. Four of Candles. Here we go. The card represents stability, a new home, a happy event. And it says, here we find the stable influence of the fours on the fast burning nature of candles, which are quick to burn and to only give their light for a finite time. The power of four offers a space in which the heat and glow of candles can be appreciated and lend themselves as, folk, as a focus point. In this spirit, we are greeted with a quintessential holiday feast as a family gathers together. 
It represents a moment out of the rush of time in the stillness, perhaps. Huh? The beginnings in uh, the bringing in and celebration of the year's harvest. It is the image that so many long for, the happy family engaged in an act of pure celebration. A secret message lies within this familial scene. Remember that blood means you are related and family is what you make it. Great message there. Now the divinatory meeting, when I pulled it, it was upright. And that says, it's time to reap the benefits of your harvest and all the hard work, preparation, commitment, and devotion that you have spent in getting to this moment. Enjoy the moment and for now, forget about tomorrow. The message here is to simply be and celebrate your triumphs. Spend time with who you call family and express your appreciation for them. I cannot make this up. It's a brand new deck. I wouldn't even know what any of these cards really are yet. Lovely. Just a lovely message validating everything that we talked about this morning uh, about family and that full moon in cancer, bringing family and tradition to the forefront. Okay. Now, move that over there. Uh, let's look at the astro, at the star codes. So in this deck, as you might imagine, it is... Um, built with houses, planets, signs. Okay, so there's three different types of cards. And I'm just going to draw one. Uh, otherwise, I'll be here forever. And whatever that message is will be the right one for us through the holiday. Okay. Ooh, and not one is, oh, that one wants to come up. Conjunction. Uh, the card is conjunction. It's card number 51, which is a six implying balance. And underneath it, it says alliance, right? If you see this, this is a flock of geese, right? Banding together for protection to fly their long migration route. So we have a conjunction that brings alliance. So let's see what that card says. All right. Anytime two celestial bodies conjunct, meaning they dance close together, they first work together and blend meaning and purpose, then begin a new cycle of their relationship. The sun and moon conjunct at the new moon, uh, but because the sun is overpoweringly huge, it has special rules. Planets are so tiny compared to the sun that when they are close, within eight degrees of the sun, they seem to disappear or combust and lose individual power. But when planets exactly conjunct the sun, their strength merges and grows within the heart of the sun. The conjunction tells us we are stronger when we work together, as long as we don't disappear into another's flames. So the action. Co-conspire. Find people and allies who support your ideas, as this is not a situation in which to go it alone. Bring in someone with extra skill to offer to your project. Find the best friend to discuss your concerns with or spark off new partnership. Watch the energy build as you bounce ideas off another person. Just take care of your own energy fields and ideas in this process. If you have merged your energy with a partner, teacher, or coworker, or are considering merging, notice what strengthens you and where you may need to step back and individuate. Find your own paradigm and technique. It can be lovely to love someone with a sun-like personality warm, expansive, though at times exhausting, but don't combust. It's time to align your life with another's. 
Think of the line from the poet Rilke, love consists of this, that two solitudes protect and border and greet each other. Let this be a yoking of two or more equals, a partnership that works best when each brings gifts and challenges to the table. The challenge in this card, be wary of relationships that ask you to shrink yourself to fit them and value the conjunction over individual growth. Be wary of that. And the gift, a conjunction can become greater than the sum of the parts because you're bringing things together. All right. I think that's a good message for us and everything that we've talked about today as well. Um, so next time I see you will be on Wednesday, the 27th, and that will be for us to chat with Tam about the upcoming month of January, Astro Inklings for January. And that will be at eight o'clock Pacific time, just like normal. Then I will see you if you've purchased the webinar. I will see you on Thursday for the webinar. And on Friday, the 29th, I will be with you uh, for our regular broadcast. I'm wishing all of you much love, peace, and joy for the holiday, however it is that you celebrate it. Do it with love. Do it with peace. Thanks so much. Take care. I'll see you next week. Bye for now. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.